tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. We are down here at Yumacon on the convention floor, 2018, and my guest today is Angie Viper, the, Hi. the main guest of uh, Yumacon this year. You're gonna Something be, like that. You're gonna be doing. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna be doing the the masquerade judging, right? I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm running two panels today, and then I'm also judging the costume contest. I'm I'm very very excited about that. So, what are your panels about? Uh, I am running a panel on. Uh, Encouraging, so I call it uh, anyone can cosplay or cosplay is for everyone. I kind of swap the titles literally every time I run it because I'm trash <laughs> that way. Um, but the focus is always the same, and the, the ultimate point of the panel is to dispel some of the misunderstandings and misconceptions about what you have to be to be a cosplayer um, and just encouraging uh, people to try it out and just like be nicer and more encouraging to each other within the community. Because um, I do, I get, I get a lot of people on my social media who regularly are like, oh, I'd love to cosplay, but I can't sew, or I'd love to cosplay, but I'm not skinny, or, you know, I, I don't know how to model, or I, I don't know how to do this or that or whatever. And I'm like, that doesn't, like, none of that matters. And anyone can be a cosplayer. As long as you put a costume on your body and you have fun, you love that character, you're a cosplayer in my eyes. Um, so that's kind of what that panel focuses about. And say, then, oh sorry. oh, sorry, no, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, it seems like a lot of people seem to not focus on the fact that it should be about fun. It should be about having mm-hmm. a good time and, and putting out the love for your the characters that you love kind of thing. Yeah, I, well, I mean, when I first started cosplaying back in 2000, um, before the internet was really like a thing and social media was a thing, uh, there was no, like the only place where you could find cosplay photos was on cosplay.com and there were no like famous cosplayers or like known cosplayers or anything like you just were a person who went to a con like it was it was just a community of people it wasn't like individual people um so it's it's very different these days now that we have social media and there is so much of that focus on like oh i have to i have to like do what's popular i have to get noticed i have to hand out my business cards like i have to get famous and blah 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 blah. now people are seeing these these people that are representing the community and they think that that represents the only way to cosplay and that's absolutely not true because like there are absolutely hundreds of thousands of cosplayers all around the world who nobody knows who they are because they just put costumes on go to conventions have fun and go home right, and that's it right. and that's absolutely okay what kind of uh did you have a background in seamstry or makeup or anything like that? <laughs> no, no, I am completely self-taught, actually. Um, so I, uh, my mom made a lot of dresses and things for me when I was a kid, and. Uh, what do you do? You need help? <laughs> oh. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm like in the middle of a podcast right now. You're totally fine. But no. Thank you so much. That's why we do this on the convention for you. Hi, I'm Angie. Nice to meet you. I'm Angie. Hi. Deadpool. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Um, what was I saying? So your mother used to... <laughs> Uh, so my mom used to make a lot of like sundresses and things for me when I was a kid and I, I just loved watching her. I loved that she would come home with a little pile of fabric with flowers on it and then I would have a dress and it was like it was magic to me. 
that like she could take a picture and some fabric and make a thing that I was able to wear to school. Um, so I was always very inspired by that. And when I made my first costumes, it was so magical to me to see her like create something out of what seemed like nothing. So when I became interested in cosplay, I thought back and I was like, well, mom was able to like magically make something out of nothing. So like, obviously this is easy, right? <laughs> um, so I, I approached her and was like, hey, I want to make a costume um, of an anime character. Is that something that we can do? And she was like, okay, that sounds terrifying. I don't know what any of this is, but if it'll make you happy and it'll encourage you to like craft and try new things, yes, I will help you. So she ended up, I gave her a whole list, like a bunch of pictures, different costumes that I wanted to do. And she was like, okay, you know what? This one of Cardcaptor Sakura looks sort of like a marching band uniform. And my mom used to be in marching band, so she was like, I understand how this works. <laughs> can we do this one? And I was like, it's Sakura, I don't care. <laughs> uh, so that was my first costume. And then uh, after that, I was so inspired and excited by it that I was like, well, I want to do other things. And my mom was like, I can't, like, that was so much. Please, like, you have to help me this time. And I was like, okay, all right. So my next costumes, I actually ended up thrifting most of them. So I would go to thrift stores and I would, uh, I would get different things that looked sort of like what I needed and then just kind of cut them up and hot glue them back together and was like, I look amazing! <laughs> um, I don't even remember why we started talking about this at this point, but... It was just getting into history of like, <laughs> well, how you got into it. but um, Right, because I was saying I was self-taught. Um, right. So yeah, so when I moved out and I started cosplaying on my own, from my own home, I was like, I don't have mom here to do this for me and... I don't want to just hot glue stuff back together. Like, I know I'm capable of better. Let's just get a sewing machine and figure it out. Um, so my first costumes that I did were basically, like, almost straight out of the patterns that I bought. I would go to Joanne's and pick a pattern that looked similar and do almost that exact same thing and just be like, the character's just going to look a little different because that's what the pattern is. It's fine. Um, and I would, like, glue things, like, glue trims on and stuff to, like, make it look a little more like the character. Um, and then the more I did that, the more comfortable I was altering patterns and, like, mixing one pattern with another pattern and changing the sizing of different patterns and doing more complicated patterns and patterning things myself and and working with different fabrics and, and all of this stuff. You know, it just, it over time, more and more and more and more and more trying new things and pushing myself, I'm too the point that I'm at now um, run a, a personal commission business where I like make costumes for other people I make all kinds of stuff for myself that I never in a million years thought that I would be capable of doing I've won multiple costume contests like never thought that I would be capable of that but it just was it was just pushing myself so with all the experience that you've done now, what's the one material or one item that's been the hardest for you? Ooh, uh, I still suck at props. Okay. Yeah, I'm horrendous with props. Uh, I am not very patient. So the thing that I like about sewing is once you start sewing, it just it's a thing. It starts looking like the thing that you yeah, wanted to do. Like it's very quick that it gets to a point where you can put it on your body and it like looks sort of decent. Um Armor is sort of similar in that way, but then you have to like paint it and it takes forever. Props, you have to like sculpt things and like make sure that you can carry them and make sure that they're lightweight and like 
carve foam and like seal it and you have to wait for the seal to dry and then you have to paint it and you have to wait for the primer to dry and then you have to wait for the paint to dry and then you have to do another layer of paint and then you have to seal it and then you have to hope to God (laughs) that it's not too hot in freaking California that the paint melts and like I just I get so impatient with it like if it's not symmetrical I get to a point where I'm like I hate this I'm just not going to cosplay this character anymore (laughs) like this is so stupid Uh, So I actually commission a lot of my props, or I'll have them, like, 3D printed and then just paint them myself, because that sort of takes a lot of the, like, stress off of me. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) props I'm not... I'm not amazing at armor either, but, like, props (laughs) are definitely my weak point. Well, I was going to say, one of the first cosplays I ever knew of yours was uh, your Hawkwoman, that you even have a banner up here right here. Thank you. How was making the wings... Uh, terrifying. Yes. <laughs> it was my first time making wings. Um, I actually, I made everything from scratch, and I actually hand-dyed almost every single feather on there. Um, so if you, for you podcast listeners, if you go check out my social media, um, but for you since you're here, uh, these wings, at the, these feathers at the bottom that are the very dark black ones, those came that way. Oh. But everything from there up, all of those light gray feathers, those are all hand-dyed. So they all came white. And then I uh, used fabric, a fabric dye bath, and then individually, one at a time, blow dried them dry and wow. like reshaped them. And then, one at a time, glued them on to the <laughs> wings that I had like hand sculpted and like. <laughs> like it was, it was bananas. It was absolute madness. The wings alone took me almost a full month of like every single night sitting there and like placing feathers and hating myself. <laughs> but it again, it was like it was so quick that it started to look the way that I wanted it to. That I was like, it's worth it. Like I gotta just, if I can just push through, it's gonna look so good. And it, yes, it looks incredible. I mean, it it I looks mean, exactly the way that I wanted it to. Uh, the first thing I actually did was the helmet because it was also my first time doing armor mm-hmm. um, and my first time working with Warbler. So, like, a lot of firsts. <laughs> um, and the reason that I felt prepared to take it on was that I had made, I'd made enough leggings, I'd made enough panties, I'd made enough corsets that I was like, I know how to bust out the sewing parts of this costume. And the armor pieces, like, the things that I don't know how to do are small enough that if I screw them up, it won't ruin the whole thing, and I can start over fairly easily. Um, so that was why I took that on as my first armor build, my first wing build. Right. It's like all of that banadness. Um, and the helmet was the first thing that I did because that was the one part of the costume that I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. <laughs> um, and I actually shout out to Evil Ted Smith, who is an amazing human being. Uh, I used his helmet pattern as the base for that. Oh, okay. Um, and then I just built everything off of it. So it's not like if you know anything about armor building and you looked at it, you'd be like, why did you do it that way? <laughs> but for me, it made sense, and it looked the way I wanted it to, so it's fine. Uh, so, with uh, you know the idea that you said a month for the wings, how uh, about yeah, about a month? Uh, do you usually do more of a timeline of like I need to get this done by this time, or is it more of a crunch time at the end towards the you know the when you need to get there? It varies. Yeah. Um, it depends on the costume and the events um, and how excited I am about both, honestly. <laughs> um, so if it's something I'm really excited about, 
I like, I bust that out. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait to make this. And then it's done. And I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're sitting there staring at it. Well, I could change yeah, this. And I'm and like, like, now I don't get to wear it for like two months. Cause that's when the event is. So I guess I'll just drool over it. Damn. <laughs> um, but then there are other times where it's like a con that I'm kind of like, eh, whatever, it's fine. The costume's simple enough. Like, I can do it. And then it's two weeks until the event, and I'm like, ah, oh, no! <laughs> uh, how many events do you do in a year? Uh, so I have, in the past, I have overwhelmed myself with too many events. Um and it's, it's a thing that I talk about a lot with newcomers where I'm like, it's easy to get into that excitement of like, I want to go to every con. And then you get to the end of the year and you're like, I never want to cosplay again. This is torture. <laughs> um, so uh, there was one year where I think I had, I had two to three events every month. I don't, honestly, I don't know how I survived. The whole thing is a blur. I don't even remember. I went down and, and noted all of the cons that I had been to that year, and I literally had forgotten five of them. Like, wow. I had completely forgotten that I went to them <laughs> because it was just a blur. Right. Um, so that year was awful, and at this point, I've taken a step back, and I would say I go to... Uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Probably, like, eight to ten a year. Which is, it, it, it works out pretty well. There's a couple months that I generally have multiple events in that month, but that means I have a few months like in between my last event and those events to kind of like zen out and focus on my costumes and, and whatnot. So are you more, I, I mean, I assume that you've competed. Yes. Right. Um, and now you're judging. Yes. Which side of the table would you prefer to be on? Honestly, it depends. I'm very picky about what competitions I will compete in. Um, because uh, competitions take up a lot of your time. Um, and uh, I like I like to be networking and meeting new people and interacting with people and, and really getting like the most out of my time at an event. Uh, so I like to compete if there's a great prize package. Generally, if it's cash, I'll be honest. <laughs> Cosplay is expensive. It's very okay, expensive. it's very very expensive. And when you have a competition that's like even a hundred dollar grand prize, I'm like, oh my god, like that would replenish at least some of the money I spent on this costume. Right. Um, so generally, if there's a cash prize, I'll kind of jump on those. Um, and then if it's like WonderCon is actually my favorite competition to do because the judges are all professional costumers in uh, like the film and theater industries. Right. So they know costuming. They know craftsmanship. And even if your costume isn't perfect, they're always willing to give constructive criticism to help you improve your costume, improve your performance, like to be better. And I think that's so important in uh, competing is, is paying attention to who wins and what the judges' feedback is because these are people who are leaders in the community and in your industry. Like, what they have to say matters. And I take everything that judges tell me to heart. Um, so generally, if I see a competition where, like, the judges are all, like, talk show hosts or, right. like... 
or people who don't make their own costumes and stuff like that. I'm like, you're not gonna get. This isn't really gonna like <laughs> give me anything unless there's a cash prize. In which case, I'm like, I can totally sell it. Let's get that cash. <laughs> um, but if it's like the prize is like a trophy or like some comic books, and the judges don't know anything about costuming, I'm like. That's my whole day now gone for a competition that I didn't really get anything out of. Right. Um, so I hate to like talk down, but I'm I'm a very real person. I like to be honest about my feelings. Awesome. So like that's how I feel about <laughs> competitions. Uh, so you're currently dressed as uh, Raven. From, I am from Teen Titans or Titans, depending on where you're. DC Comics. When you're going into choosing a new costume, do you go for? <laughs> do you go for what it is that you know that you can make? Do you go for the challenge? Do you go for a character that you enjoy? Um, that again sort of depends. Um, so I, I'm a firm believer that that part of cosplay is fandom, um, and it is it is expressing your fandom and connecting with the character that you're dressed up as. So it's very important to me that I care about the character that I'm dressed up as. Um, now, there have been times where I don't necessarily know much about the character, but I'm very passionate about their design. Um, but in general, if I'm very passionate about their design, that inspires me to look up the character and learn more about them. So even if I haven't watched the series they're from or read the comic or played the video game, whatever, I've read like their Wikipedia page, their bio on their website. Like I've watched videos of them in action um, because it's, it's very important to me that I understand the character that I'm representing because I am absolutely physically, I am a physical embodiment of that character. And it's important to me that I, I at least mildly understand them. Um, past that, I would say uh, it, it sort of depends on the event. I have some events where I like to go a little bigger. Um, so like WonderCon is, is one of those events where I like to like go big or go home. Um, and I'll try to do something that's like a little over the top and, and a little more dramatic and a little more of a challenge for myself. Um, whereas something like like a like a smaller event like this or uh, uh, like maybe like Long Beach or like Comic Con Revolution like newer events and whatever I'll be like you know what I'm gonna do something that's like a bodysuit because that's gonna be easier to get done in time it's gonna be a little cheaper and it's definitely gonna be something that's recognizable and comfortable and and that'll that'll be good like especially if I'm gonna be guesting right. I'm like I like to be comfortable and I like to be in a character that is going to like draw people into the booth. If I'm something that nobody knows, they're just right. going to be like, I don't know what that. I don't get it. <laughs> And like, since this is my job, I'm like, no, I need people to <laughs> come. <laughs> um, and then like, so like Elsa is, is my number one, like right. always and forever. I love her so very, very much. Um, and honestly, Sakura Kinomoto from Cardcaptor Sakura as well. Uh, these are characters that I, I love. I've made multiple costumes of them. So I'm at a point with them where I want a challenge. Like, I want to push myself to do something that seems a little more intimidating. Because I'm like, I already have everything that they've ever worn. So, like, let's do something new and crazy. Um, so, like, Elsa, for example, I'm, I'm pretty sure unless the Frozen 2 designs come out... Uh, I'm pretty sure 
my next one is going to be like the Hannah Alexander design. If you're familiar with her at all, for those of you listening, she's a fan artist who does like Art Nouveau inspired, like very elaborate, intricate, like lacy, just beautiful, complicated designs for characters. And I've been intimidated by her Elsa for like years. Um, but I'm finally to a point where I'm like, I've done everything. <laughs> I guess let's challenge ourselves now. <laughs> I like your so, yeah. So, so obviously, Elsa, Cardcaptors, um, DC Comics, these are your fandoms? These are the things that you're really into? Um, funny story. <laughs> While I have more DC costumes, I'm actually a Marvel fan. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Marvel is actually, like, my preferred comic book fandom. I love DC, mm-hmm. too, but if someone was like, you have to pick between Marvel and DC, you can never read another of the <laughs> one comic ever again, I'd be like, my X-Men babies! <laughs> um, so, Marvel holds my heart, but DC, I feel like, in many cases, has better character designs, um, and they just have... Yeah, they just, for whatever reason, they have more things that I I like to make. Um, Whereas Marvel, I have characters that I love, but for the most part, they're like single color leotards, or like they're just, they're they're sort of generic designs. Um, Or it's like male characters, and I don't really do a lot of gender bending and like uh, cross play and stuff like that. So I'm like, I don't care. So I'm going to do Raven. <laughs> well, speaking of Raven, have you seen... Are you excited for the new T- Titan show or anything? I don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. All right, we can, go, we can step away from there. <laughs> you just see my face. I was all... <laughs> uh, I actually... I, I did an entire podcast with some friends recently talking solely about that series and all of the problems that I have with it, and it's not even out yet. <laughs> Um, and I try, I try to be open about things. I'm like, look, I realize that like what's put out in advertising isn't necessarily what the intention is of the creators. But so far I have seen a severe lack of understanding of the characters. And that does not bode well to me mm-hmm. for a series. Um, and, and specifically, uh, so Dick Grayson is my husband. <laughs> I will marry him someday. He just doesn't know it yet. And uh, Nightwing is like, that's that's it Uh to me. Uh, So I was very excited when they released the first character photos. I was like, I don't care what anybody else looks like. Nightwing looks amazing. So like, (laughs) I'm good. Um, And then, uh, you know, the the Comic-Con trailer came out and the big F Batman came out. (laughs) And I had just started cosplaying Nightwing at the time. So now everybody who sees me in that character is like, F Nightwing. And I'm like... No. Great. <laughs> that's so out of character for him. Like that's not that's not Dick. Mm-hmm. Dick is the Robin that left Batman because Batman was too dark and negative. Like he wanted to be happy and inspire hope and joy in people. And that's why he became his own superhero. So like to take him and turn him into Damien is just like <laughs> it's disrespectful to it's me. Very, very. So that was that was the nail in the coffin for me. I was like, nope, I'm I'm done. I can't, I can't do it. Uh, okay, they're talking about X Men, Dark Phoenix. Uh, why back. do you have to bring up all the things that hurt me? 
Uh, I mean, of the X Men, who is who's your character then? Uh, Jean. Jean. So then, Dark. Yeah. Jean's so I'm right real upset. For you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Jean and Rogue are actually my two favorite characters. I grew up in Texas, um, so for me as a kid watching the X Men cartoons, the fact that there was a Southern character who was like strong and independent and like you know, had had weaknesses and, and flaws, but was still, like, confident and kicking ass with the rest of the team was very inspiring for me. Because um, she, she sounded like me. Like, I had, I had shaggy brown hair at the time, and I had a southern accent, and she had shaggy brown hair, and she had a southern accent. And I was like, I relate to this. <laughs> um, and then uh, I remember as a kid watching the Dark Phoenix saga in the cartoon and being like, oh, Jean is so much more interesting than I thought she was. <laughs> um, and then I started reading the comics and I got to, I got to know her a little better and, and Jean kind of like moved up to a point where she's now pretty even with Rogue. Um, and the Dark Phoenix saga, like because that was what changed my feelings about Jean, like that's a very special story to me. Um, and I saw... <laughs> so I love the first two X-Men movies, like the original from like the 90s. Right. Love those movies. Um, and I remember being in the theater at the end of the second movie, and they had that like shadow of the phoenix rise across the water. Right. And I like, I started crying. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, we finally finished Logan's story. We're going to move on to the Dark Phoenix. Like, Jean is going to come back. I was like, like when she died in the ship... I remember my friends were all there and they were like, oh man, that sucks. And I was like, you don't know. <laughs> and then the Phoenix happened and I was like, so I was like, I was first in line to buy tickets. Like I bought advanced screening tickets to the third movie. I was there at the midnight premiere. I was ready. And then they turned her into this like sad abomination of like the Scarlet Witch with like these tragic powers and like no explanation of her like fire powers at all. They tried to pull off that bullshit that she like was the Phoenix all along and what. <laughs> and I was like, I was distraught. Like my friend who was there with me spent the whole movie just like rubbing my back. She was like, I'm Aww. so sorry. And I was like, I want to leave so bad, but I'm just hoping that it'll get better. The last two were so good. And I just don't understand why it's so bad. So, uh, the fact that they're trying again is very unnerving to me because I've hated pretty much every X-Men movie since the third one. Uh, and I do not like Sophie Turner. I'm going to be real open about that. I don't like her at all. I think she is absolutely personalityless. I think she is a horrendous actress. I'm just, I don't, I'm not buying her in anything I've seen her in. She's I mean, pretty much she this is a in Game wet potato. Like, <laughs> She is so dull. <laughs> and this is this is when Jean shines. Like this is where you oh, really yeah. see that that turmoil inside of her and that that internal struggle of like trying to to be good but being so drawn towards being bad and and that love trial triangle comes out between her and Cyclops and Logan and like trying to understand like why part of her is drawn to one and part of her is drawn to the other and then like trying to contain these powers and just like everything is so intense and I'm I'm just not convinced that Sophie's going to be able to pull that off or that Fox is going to be able to pull that off because I don't think they care well then going to the next thing is uh you know we're probably going to be getting a reboot once you know Disney yeah. takes oh, it over I'm so ready you looking forward to a, a more movies or TV show live-action TV show? Um, honestly, both. I do think that X-Men lends itself very well to TV, um, and honestly, more so TV than movie. 
I feel like in because they're a team, I feel like in a movie you're kind of forced to focus on one or two characters in a story because you are so limited on time. Whereas in a TV series, each episode can kind of focus on different people and you can kind of like rotate throughout the team, um, which I feel like is is a more dynamic way of, of handling those characters. I would really love for them to show up in the universe. I'm really, really excited for them to do uh, like they did with Spider-Man in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, like, don't tell us. Like, don't tell us anything. Just have an Avengers movie or something happen and like they just show up like that that's what I want I don't want any build up to it I just want them to show up don't, don't release any promos just all of a sudden yeah I'm like don't tell me a goddamn thing <laughs> like just have them show up because if they give us anything beforehand you know the internet is going to tear it to shreds right yeah, absolutely. Because we've been, we've had the Fox version of the X Men for so long, and there's so many people who like that is the X Men to them, and they may be wrong, but like that doesn't change the fact that that's their opinion and they're entitled to it, and they're going to be aggressive about it. So, hi. Good. How are you? Um, so yeah, if they give us any build up to that, like any any leaked photos or anything, they're gonna get torn to shreds. I would so much rather just be surprised by it because if we're surprised by it it's a lot harder for us to find something wrong with it mm-hmm. so I'm just happy that it happened fingers crossed Marvel <laughs> please listen please listen to me so Yubicon obviously one of those more smaller cons that we uh, yes. around the nation yeah the differences between a bigger con and a, and a smaller con as a cosplayer performer um yes. I'm gonna be real with you I prefer little cons okay um, I feel like they're a lot more intimate, and I feel like there's there's a lot less like ego and like attempts at um, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but like camaraderie. Like big big conventions tend to be more like business oriented. Um, and I feel like the community aspect of geekdom is sort of lacking. Uh, so smaller cons tend to be more like like this is where people would go for their first convention and they're still like starry-eyed and like excited about cosplay and geekdom and comic books and movies and whatever. Um, where the bigger cons people are kind of more jaded because it's a lot of like industry people that are like, oh yeah, no, like I see this stuff all the time and like <laughs> I just don't care anymore. And I'm like, I've been doing this for 18 years and I'm still excited. Why can't you be like me? <laughs> Well, I mean, thank you. That's uh, kept you away from your customers for quite a long time. Is there a certain social media platform that you like people to go to, or is it just across all Um, uh, Honestly, the reason that I have the same username on literally everything is so that whatever is your preferred mode of social media, I'm on it, and I post on it, except for Facebook. I have a Facebook page, but I'm going to be real with you. I just send my Instagram posts to it. (laughs) I do not post on Facebook because it's a garbage website. It really is. Uh, but Instagram and Twitter, I would say, are most are where I'm the most active. Uh, and then I stream on Twitch twice a week as well. So if anybody wants to, like, come chat with me, that is the best place to do that. Okay. I also have a Patreon if you like my stuff and want to support it. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> this is Geekly Radio on the convention floor of Yumacon 2018, saying always remember to... Geek, geek out! out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.